Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a comics and pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and the one to beat, Nick Protopapis. Hey, 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 um, Thundercats, how's it going out there? Woo, Thundercats! <laughs> That's right, and now you say woo too. Oh, it's like we're really interacting. I, I love, I love this podcast. What's up, Joe? I don't know anything about Thundercats, do you? That's our mascot. <laughs> the- the out of our uh, Thundercat? Out of our Thundercat. That's what his name is. Mm-hmm. And he, he jumps out of the cage. He breaks free and 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 liberates the um the other cats, the other Thundercats. Wh- right. Where would a Thundercat live? Um the... Are we talking about like like the the TV show that is made to sell toys, Thundercats? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's one like, called Lion-O. Like, not exactly, because I don't want to get in trouble or anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, the it's Thundercats like, it's, it's, live... Sorry. It's Thundercats, but there's a space between Thunder and Cats. Does that work? Right, right, right. right. Okay, yeah, perfect. Or, there, it, or if, there's a, if there is a space in the actual trademark Thundercats, then there is no space in our version. Right, whatever um, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, legally distinct <laughs> from the Warner Brothers property, Thundercats. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Thundercats live, I think, in... Uh, Thunder caves. You know, How could I be in so the, Yeah, in the caves beneath our podcast recording studio. Okay, good. Which is in, I think, in a previous episode we established that was in Ohio. Um, I, well, I can't imagine why, but, but yeah. Yeah, I think I said that. Because it's halfway or something? Yeah, I, I mean, guess. I don't think it is, but sure, that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> Very good. How are you doing on this fine evening, Nick? Uh, I'm doing pretty, pretty good. It's getting cooler here, which is nice, mellowing out. It's mm-hmm. nice to go outside, but it's still warm. That's what—that's the weather. Oh. Back to you, Joe. How are you? Yeah, uh, I mean, while we're on the topic of... of weather and and uh evenings and in coolness uh daylight savings time is fast approaching i think oh we don't or the opposite of we the don't opposite do of daylight savings time maybe we don't, we don't do that here joe in our, oh really yeah we don't we don't do that here um i don't know really what you're talking about maybe the rest of the world and their backwards time systems their fascist time systems um nick, know, know about that but i don't nick i can't i can't tell you how much i admire and respect that about the state of arizona that's right um, we're living free out here free to not wake up at a weird time and have gained or lost an hour or whatever look, no, look let me tell up. you about daylight savings time all right tell me all it does is make a section of the population and in fact a lot of the population more depressed and worse at their jobs for like half the year not, and, not that and I think nobody confused hmm? lost and confused as well yes okay. um and everybody's like just sadder like 10 percent sadder at least for for no good reason. Like originally it was done to save electricity, but that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> like that's not how it works. It must be hard to be oppressed uh where you live, but not me. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with that. I mean, I don't even know if it's oppression because like honestly, I think it would be better for the government for for like <laughs> daylight savings time to not exist. But they're robbing. I don't you, think yeah. it benefits anyone except for perhaps people who like make daylight savings time like gift cards or something i don't know right right (laughs) gift card industry is actually (laughs) it's actually in control they're profiting hugely off this they can't let it go sorry not 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 gift cards the the greeting cards you get a card and it says happy daylight savings time right that's what i sign joe i just um i ran with your word um yeah my bad um damn this is a real problem how come no one's talking it is a real problem (laughs) <laughs> Shall we be done with daylight savings, Joe? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to make an election joke, but I also don't want to make an election joke. So don't. It's okay. You're safe here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, um, Joe. I hear. I hear you brought me something except for an election joke today. So. Yes, uh, I will not be making that election joke. <laughs> Um, Okay, Uh, the thing that I have for you today uh, is a webcomic called Akewood, which I've actually been been sending you some throughout the week that I find funny. That was you? 
Yeah, that was me. I thought that was spam. Sorry. Because it was... Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'll read them eventually. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was sending them, like, in the mail through, like, tin cans that, like, do... are They are supposed to carry spam, so I can see why you would make that mistake. Yes. I'm slapping my thighs. Thank you, Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. As we were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Akewood is a webcomic by a guy named Chris Onstad. It's from the early 2000s. Um, and so the thing I have difficulty with in describing it to you um is that it is probably one of the funniest things i've ever read um but there's no real way to pitch it um so uh uh, the thing about it is it's a gag a day strip um with a a pretty large expanded cast uh focusing on these these animals who live in this house except it pretty much never matters that they are animals um like like they act like humans in just about every meaningful way um there's a cat named ray smuckles um who uh you know he likes drinking he's sort of a he's sort of a ladies man uh, or at least aspires to be um but the reason that he's sort of sympathetic is he's he's an extreme optimist um, and we kind of respect him for that. And he has a best friend uh, named Roast Beef, who's the other protagonist of the strip, uh, who's also a cat. Um, and he's depressed all the time and is a, is a computer programmer. Wow. Um, that adds up. There's also Philippe, who is a, a baby otter, who's, a... who's very cute and naive. Yeah, that was that was the punchline of something you sent me, where I think it was just Philippe, and that was the joke, right? Pretty funny. Yeah, funny um, I think... I think one of the ones I sent you was the one where he's, oh, this is an election joke. He's running for president, and he says that he will give every American a a dog named Mister Poopy Time. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so maybe what I just described to you doesn't sound like much of anything, um, <laughs> but I promise it sounds like you, you forgot to enjoy something this week, and you're making things up. No, no, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that there is a point in this strip where, um, so at first it's just kind of a, a weird strip. Like all the jokes are sort of anti-comedy. Um, like there's almost never a punchline. The jokes are always like just seeded in throughout the strips. Um, but anyway, there's, there's a point in the strip where I think it becomes the most hilarious thing ever. Um, and it does that by building momentum uh, through you getting to know the characters um, so some of the strips in the early months aren't that great, um, but I think they're useful for building a vague understanding of the characters and the premise. Um, but after a certain point there, um, it just hits a gold mine, and I think it just keeps going. Um, the humor is uh, uh, pretty idiosyncratic um, and kind of offbeat. Um, there are strange things constantly happening. Um and I, I, I think the, the creator of the strip, Chris Onstead, he has um, this very particular way with like writing things um, where he can just make sentences that aren't funny sound funny just because of the way that they're structured. Um, like every character has like kind of their own dialect that they speak in. Mm-hmm. Um, like Roast Beef, the cat I mentioned earlier, instead of saying like Hella, he says Hell of nice um anyway um so i i i think with something like this i would normally describe some of the jokes to you um but i think a lot of them are are so visually dependent that that's kind of hard to do um i guess one of my favorites is um there's one early on in the in the strip's lifespan where uh roast beef uh takes a rocket to the moon and he gets stuck up there um, and he sort of thinks to himself, he goes, wow, so peaceful. Um, and then in the next panel, he thinks I could think about computer programming forever up here. As he writes the word Java into the ground with a stick. That's pretty funny. Um, and I think that's one of the jokes that comes across better through me just describing it to you. Um, anyway, I, I, I think in general, there's like this effect where at first you just find the comic like pretty strange and maybe off-putting. Uh, but over time, you sort of get inoculated to it like a vaccine and a virus. Um, 
and as you get used to the jokes and the visual language um it really endears itself to you um and i i I think there are actually a lot of storylines later on i'm about like five years into reading it or like, like i'm about five years into the strip i've been reading it for like a week um uh, but I think there are, there are points later on where it becomes genuinely emotionally affecting in some ways, um, and there are like these storylines that I think have some 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 interesting stuff going on, uh, and I, I don't want to like spoil it for you. Um, so I guess that's all I'll say. Um, yeah, uh, I think there are certain drawbacks. Like the, the it's a very like. There are times early on in the strip uh, where it has like a very edgy early 2000s kind of South Park sense of humor um, where sometimes they'll just like, you know, uh, say like <laughs> things about disabled people. And that's the joke. Um, and, you know, that that's not like my favorite. Um, but also, I think there's enough cool stuff about the strip that kind of redeems it in my eyes. Like, um I don't know. There's like another strip where the, the it's just like two characters reenacting like the death of Abraham Lincoln, but they're riding Roombas, uh, and that's just like the joke for the day. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> it's a super weird comic, uh, but I do recommend it to you, and I think that probably the best way to start would just be at the beginning. Um, and I think that you in particular, Nick, would would find something special here um, if you stick with it. All right, fine. I'll. I'll check your text messages. I'll read them. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that was uh, that was strange and didn't sound real, but um, okay. I, I oh, uh, and the and the art is bad. Um, but that's part of the joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, Joe. It's like bad, but sometimes in an artful way. <laughs> okay, that's what that's what I always say about about my art to people. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, I uh, like your art. Uh, it was it was it was just a joke. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Is it is it finally my time? My time. It is your about, time. My time to talk about normal things. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm going to talk about Coraline. You've probably heard of it. It's a movie um, from 2009, and it's one of those stop motion ones. It's not exactly just clay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's one of those stop motion ones. Maybe more than five. Stop motion movie, <laughs> Joseph. All right. Oh, jeez. Uh, Paranorman. Yeah. Um. Uh. The 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 Christmas yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. That's um, you know the one. Yeah. Uh. I uh... <laughs> All right. So it's one of those. <laughs> um. <and laughs> it's from it's from um, uh, uh, Lake Lake Laika. Is that how you say it? Laika. Uh, Laika. Yeah. All right. It's the studio that makes these. Um. And it's it's based on a short book by Neil Gaiman, um, which probably you haven't read, um, but that's okay because you've probably heard of this movie. And it's you know first of all, stylistically just like really unique. Um, the characters you know don't really look like anything else um, in terms of design, and the world is sort of the same way, and it fits. It's kind of this creepy, creepy, uh, slightly bent. I want to say world like everything is a little bit not quite symmetrical um and it's kind of you know that that's helped by the by the charm of of stop motion animation and you kind of uh you enter the situation Coraline you know basic horror stuff she's moving to a new house because of this and that and she's with her parents and she's bored there's a neighborhood kid who she doesn't like that much but you know they have to hang out and then something strange happens um <laughs> and there's a little doll that looks like her but it has like button eyes um, you've probably, you know, the premise of Coraline, but I'll, I guess I'll keep telling you since apparently you haven't seen it. Um, I have not. Wow. All right. I won't tell you too much then, but basically she finds a portal into another world. Uh, and it's, it's mm-hmm. the same as her world, except better. And everyone has button eyes, but then and she keeps sneaking there cause she hates her mom so much. And her, her world is so gray and she has to go to private school or something. She hates it. Um, she's pretty angsty, but in the other world, things are much better. Uh, until they're not and twist she, she's evil and it gets all scary and you know she has to keep going in there to save people and she has to discover the mystery and um it's kind of i think part of the fun is watching because you kind of you kind of always know that it's going to go bad but watching sort of the the twisted charm of the like you know a little 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 
gory little little uncomfortable art style of the film and watching that in sort of the the, the pleasant times when Coraline finds the other world pleasant but it's still it's still kind of creepy and then watching that unfold into the total like horror like like way and it, it's funny because they repeat characters and stuff so like oh well no that's not what I mean you know she goes upstairs and she, in the other world and her neighbors are much better um and she like watches a fun performance for example of this like this guy who does little rat circus um, and wait, wait, wait. So, so let me let me ask you a question. Yeah, am, um, I, am I making sense? I'm not making sense. Are the are the people in the mirror in the in the alternate worlds? Are they like mirrors of people in real life? They look like them, but they're um, different and better at first, and then work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But her neighbors in the other world, like one of them does like a little little rat circus, and it's like funny and <laughs> funny and great. And then later, like he's like evil because we've revealed the world is evil. And he's like this sack of like clothes and he moves around in such a creepy, awesome way. And then he like explodes and he's a big sack of rats. And like, it's just, it's awesome to watch that transition, even though you know it's coming. Um, and it's just like a beautiful, beautiful film. The music's great. The voice acting's really good. It's paced really well, I think. Uh, and it's, it's genuinely a little scary. Like, it's not like scary, scary, but like, I'm not a kid anymore. I watched this when I was a kid and I watched it last night and I was like, man, this is still a little... Well, creepy um and it's kind of like it's one of those movies you watch and you go this is pg um why, excuse, me, excuse me why isn't this pg-13 i'm scared but uh yeah are you like a, are you like a beleaguered parent no i'm just like an audi- i'm a shocked audience member i'm not even like upset. i'm just like shocked you know like you're shocked that it's mm-hmm. for children um kind of like adventure time sometimes when you're like wow this is for children like but you're not actually mad you know you're just you're just surprised. Right. Not in the same way, but it, it's great. Anyways, uh, Joe, the fact mm-hmm. that you've even seen this actually upsets me. I thought I was going to come in here and be like, rewatch it. And you're going to be like, maybe some other time. But the fact that you haven't seen this makes me really just like excited for you because it's so great. Look, look, look Nick, um, we are approaching Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I've never seen Coraline before. And I would like to. Hey, grab your friends. No one, no one's going to say no because it's, it's just so good. Uh, and I think, I think it's honestly one of the best movies to come out in the last 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, I don't that know. It's a strong recommendation. I don't know I how the book. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's one of those kids' movies that just like really works on every level as a real movie, you know? It's mm-hmm. like what I was talking about the other day. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I don't know how it compares to the book because I haven't read the book or anything. And I think Neil Gaiman also like wrote a comic um this is one of those things where i've sort of just seen the comic um just for fun because he also does comics i don't know i haven't read any of those but there's also some there's some pretty cool imagery and i only know the movie but yeah that's it i recommend it i said that for the 10th time and i'm done okay uh i yeah i'm excited to watch Coraline probably in the near future very good very very good yeah I mean, honestly, Nick, I, I was already excited to watch Coraline. I just hadn't gotten around to it, so you could have said anything in that section, and I would have bought it, uh, but I do think that was a good pitch. That's not true. I could have said some weird stuff. I could have been like, Coraline, she's a cat, but uh, there's no reason, and her name is uh, Spicy Baloney, and uh, <laughs> they all live in this house, but there's other people in the house, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not funny in the traditional sense, but it's anti-funny, uh, and I think... <laughs> I think it really, really picks up about five years in. Oh, yeah. Um, I could have said some weird stuff like that. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to read that comic that you talked about. What's it called again? Okay. Yeah. It's called Akewood. Akewood. All right. Cool. Well, I'm happy for you, Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. Shall we move on to our, our happiest, bestest section? Uh, yeah. This is the one we call the main event. Nick, let me let me tell you something. Tell me. M- most cats, not detectives. <laughs> this cat, a detective. <laughs> That's uh, John Blacksad you're talking about? Uh, yeah, we're talking the first three stories of Blacksad by Juan Diaz-Canales and Juanjo Arnido. Yeah, it's a, I guess it's a French comic, right? Uh, I think... 
I, so I think both of the critters are, are Spanish. I'm not sure where they're like stationed. I, I think that, okay, so here's what's going on. They're both Spanish, but it's ri- it's published first in France because it's for a French publisher. And then okay. it, it, then it's made in Spain and then it goes to everywhere else slowly and in weird ways um, because it's probably the hardest comic I've ever tried to get my hands on in life. Um, huh. Right. Really? I mean, I yeah. just, I just got, I got my copy from the library and it was not difficult at all. I mean, fair enough. But like, you have to realize that like the ones you were reading are like 20 years old now. Um, mm-hmm. or like, you know, plus some years, but like there's, there's like two, newer like stories because we just read like three in a collection i think right um Mm -hmm. so there there are there are a couple newer ones and i believe there are two that have not been translated yet um that uh are only available in spain or france or what have you yeah that's what i'm talking about that's i mean i'm not gonna say it's weird or bad but it's unusual uh as this is sort of the center of whatever media I'm consuming for the most part, if that makes sense. <laughs> I guess it was kind um, of humbling that it's not like meant for me exactly. Um, but. Well, you... so, so what's interesting about, um, about that in, in sort of the, the point you make about a lot of the, the media we consume being American black sad reads in some ways, in some ways, very much like an American comic and in other ways, uh, not at all. Oh, in the way um, that it's English was that was that tripping you off a little? Uh, uh yeah, that was very that was, no no. Um, I I do think that uh the translation is very well done. Um, <laughs> I, I I more mean that like well obviously the the setting is very American. Um, it's like fifties sort of Norish uh, uh, New York sometimes other places. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's all like. You know, it's very influenced by comics like that and tropes like that from movies. Um, so it feels like a. I mean, it's it's set in America, really. Um, so you get that feeling. Yeah, and the 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 storytelling I think um, is maybe not typical of American comics, but there are there are cues that it takes from American comics, and that like a lot of the panels are very cinematic. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's actually a good transition point to probably my my favorite thing uh, about Black Sad. Um, which is the art. Yeah, the art is probably the most attractive thing about it. I mean, I had seen pages of it before, and that's why I was so excited to read it, because I didn't really remember anything else. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, the like the actual drawing, the drawings are very expressive and super, super detailed, um, and everything feels very, like, perfect, I guess, in a weird way, because a lot of comic artists sort of just like, all right, like, got to make a comic. Like, comics involve a lot of drawing, and it's usually one one person. Uh, but this one feels like, hey, what if you had a million years to read a comic and you were never going to die? Uh, not read, draw. Um, and they, yep. were like, they were like, oh, I, I'm so glad that I have a million years to live and nothing else to do. And I'm going to put a lot of time and effort into every single panel. Um, and that just, like, really comes across. Yeah, this is in immaculately rendered book that I, I i have to imagine like you know just because of the way that like every character is sort of so perfectly conveyed like you know you have to imagine that it took them a long time to like actually draw these pages i don't know that for sure like they, they could have like no i think it does you know yeah i mean if if not even more impressive um yeah and then and then under this like Sometimes kind of, I mean, it's pretty cartoony because it's animal people again. It's like uh, people, but they're animals. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> like every, I don't know, how, how do you describe that? Um, it's like, it's like Zootopia, I mean, is what it's like. But this is from before Zootopia, obviously. Uh, sure. Uh, I think it's much better than Zootopia. I mean, me, me too, which is why I hate every respect. I think that's a good reference point, you know? Yeah. It's no, I, I, I was going to probably bring it up later if you hadn't. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Um, and then, like, under that, or not under it, you know, but, like, as the colors is, like, this, like, maybe as 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 detail-oriented, not really, because it's watercolor, but, like, it feels very the same way. It's, like, this, it's just, like, watercolor, and, like, everything feels very thought out, if nothing else, in terms of, like... Yeah. And, like, I don't know, in the, in the mainstream, at least, you don't, you don't read many watercolor comics. Like, I think they're becoming more common as, like, we move into the graphic novel space, um, but for, you know, the, the first, 
uh, I don't know, like 70 years of the medium's existence. Like that was just like the, the realities of printing made that a very difficult thing to exist. Yeah. Um, and so these comics came out in the early 2000s. Um, but I think in some ways because of that rarity, um, but also just because like they, they're, they're so beautifully rendered. Um, like they, they really stand out. Um, I don't know where I was going with that sentence. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it's sort of like the balance between this, like very like serious kind of like, you know, lighting and like coloring of the watercolors and like even the, the bodies of the animals and the angles and the shots, it feels very serious and noir and dark and like, but it's kind of paired with the fact that they're like, you know, they're, they're a cat or a, or a rhinoceros or something very silly like that. And sort of the, yeah. the, the very cartoony faces they make. Um, and it's, it's sort of the way the art is made and, and, and what the art is showing sort of both do that thing where they are serious and sort of silly and expressive at the, at the very same time. Um, and that's just very unique. And like, sometimes I looked at it like at the very beginning and I was like, is this working? Um, and I think ultimately mm-hmm. it does, but it's like a very, very like fine and delicate balance that it, it gets across. I think I, I, I do sort of get uh, what you're talking about with, um, I think like weirdly enough, I think like some of the opening pages are maybe a bit less strong. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they definitely yeah get better into it um, mm-hmm. as, as does anything, but like even, even from the beginning, it's, it's, it's really all there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not... You, you still look at this and you say, wow, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, it's another one of those comics where, like, even if you're not reading it, like, if you see it somewhere and you, you heard of it, you know, just just look at it. Just look. Just have a look, because that's fun on its own. <laughs> um, and it's it's really great. Okay, so um, a, a bit ago you mentioned uh, sort of the, the, the animals, which I think we should take some time to talk about. Um because like they are animals, but also I think crucially, they're not. Like these are people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they find- I, I I think that becomes like uh, especially clear in the second story, um, where just it becomes very apparent that like, you know, you can't, or or like the 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 animal portrayal of the characters is just used to sort of enhance their personalities. It's not something that necessarily completely exists like to the characters like black yeah. sad would not like go up to another cat and say hey you're a cat well um, it's like, that just doesn't that. happen that's that's interesting that you say I, I mean i think it's it's funny that you brought it up earlier in your in your in your your web strip that they're animals but like they're just kind of animals you know and i, I was thinking <laughs> how different that is from black sad because i actually i think i disagree with you a little i mean like okay they don't go up to each other and go hey hey cat but they actually do talk about how they're cats because he talks about having nine lives and Oh, that's true. You're right. And um, the way that they hang out with each other, it seems to be at least to me, like very related to how their species is like the reptiles were all hanging out in the reptile bar. Um, or like, you know, black said tends to hook up with uh, f- feline <laughs> women. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um things like that like they're not always like blatant um they don't just walk around and they go oh you know jimmy he's a crocodile like it's it's sort of more subtle but i think i think that that distinction is there and they're animals you're right to like heighten heighten their character but it also sometimes has to do with class sometimes you know has to do with a lot of things um and i i think i'll bring okay see see that's interesting because i think when they talk about class when they talk about race because there are a lot of sort of stories playing with uh kind of the social dynamics of the the 1950s um i don't think that necessarily they're talking about like i mean i you know i I think it's apparent they're not actually talking about cats and dogs um but also (laughs) you know you know like when we have uh the second story arctic nation like those are real nazis and they're talking in the way that real Nazis talk. And the only difference is that we're seeing characters who look like cats. Like the, the distinction is not made on whether a character is a cat or whatever. Like the, the, the distinction is made along like the, the same lines that it is in real life, basically. Does that make sense? 
I don't. What are you saying? Are you disagreeing with me? No, no, I'm not. So okay. Well, then I'll just I'll just let that. I don't know. I don't know exactly what you're saying. What are you saying? Like, it doesn't have. Okay. To do with... Um. So in the second story, um, Black Sad fights Nazis. Uh, there's like a sort of Ku Klux Klan, um, and like like the those are, um, and they they're they're all like white pelted wolves um and that's how they're portrayed but like there being wolves is not the the relevant aspect okay yeah all right i'm with you yeah, um, yeah. no no i think like it, like it's not i understand what you're saying it, it the, the metaphors don't line up in exact it's not it's nothing is exact it's it's sort of because that would be weird that would be so weird yeah which which i uh to to sort of bring back in the zootopia comparison just I because say. i think it's like yeah, a, yeah. a recent comparable work um I think where that movie fails in its in its messaging is like it 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 takes the animal stuff very literally where it's like well some people are predators and some people are prey um and that that doesn't work when you're trying to build a story about characters that are you know or, or about something that's like a metaphor for like how human race works because you know I think it's like pretty offensive uh to imply that like people are are biologically different because of their race you know like but i think what you're saying ultimately is that despite how we feel about zootopia the point is that the (laughs) metaphors work here because they're not exact um it's kind of ambiguous in a way right like it's it's like ah the white animals but like some animals have a little bit of white on them you know things like that um and that's where it kind of it works in 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 doing its thing um, and the second one is sort of race, um, and, and that's the most focused on that. What's that one called? Arctic, Arctic Nation. Arctic Nation. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like necessarily a, a perfect story in like messaging. Like, I haven't thought about it that much, but um, I, I think that aspect of it is admirable. Yeah. Um, no, I like the way that the animal world, you know, translates into the into the you know the world and the characters and it sort of works both ways and just like in the design too like you can get a lot out of the design of a character just what they're about already by what animal they are and what they look like you know um mm-hmm. which is cool and it's like really great for comics for a visual cartoony kind of thing yeah and sort of sort of jump off um i guess that that second story i think one of the the things that makes black sad special um, instead of being just another like animal comic, um, is that it is so grounded in real life politics and social movements. Um, like even you know, regardless of 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 what you might think about what it's uh, trying to say. Um, not that I, I'm like I I don't know. Um, anyway, I I think that adds a lot of. Uh, uh, texture to the stories um that makes it feel a lot more real and the world far more lived in uh like like black sad himself is like someone who like fought in the war um and is sort of haunted by the bomb yeah and that just makes it a whole lot more interesting than if this were like a fantasy 1950s new york yeah i mean i i think that you know like the fact that there's sex and like blood and gore you know does that too um and i think that's another thing that sort of uh, takes it away from the the classic funny little animal people uh, situation. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the, the... I mean, but it also it also doesn't feel. I th- I think to to put a point on what you just said, um, it doesn't feel like purposefully edgy. Like those elements are incorporated, but not in a way that I I, I roll my eyes at. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it does just like I... cliche things, but like on purpose, I think, and more as a joke, like. Mm-hmm. Like Black Sad's monologuing to himself, and he's like, "Ah, oh, like, sure is hard being me. Like, I got another clue. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. Like the I mean that 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 stuff is done. I think with the right sort of cadence. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the first book is sort of very, very much a noir, and like, like he's his old lover is you know a celebrity, and she's dead now, and he has to solve the murder, you know, in time and he follows a bunch of clues one at a time around. Like, I think that's very, very standard. Um, Mm -hmm. But it works really well just because it doesn't, 
it doesn't take itself too seriously and it doesn't take itself too much like a joke. It's it's that balance again, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then it's interesting. I you know obviously I haven't read the most the most recent issues, but it seems that sort of from that first story, it jumps off into like focusing on a like like a way bigger world theme from our world. You know what I mean? Like and from actual history. Um, like yeah. like the one we're talking about, Arctic Nation is obviously about like the clan and like uh, you know racism, and then the the next one after that, which I forget what it's called, um, but it's like like about the red scare that's just like what it's about yeah <laughs> uh, and like like it's extremely th- explicitly like even <laughs> yeah even more so than arctic nation like in Ar- in arctic nation like they're not quite called the clan but you know they're the clan yeah yeah um and there are nazi flags but there aren't quite like nazi sim- symbols but in 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 the third story they're just talking about communism yeah and they're talking about um, like, and they're just talking um, about like and like yeah some people are real people um like that's the one where you see like a picture of Hitler and you're like, Oh, Hitler. Uh, great. Yeah. And like, a and there's, center, a, there's right? a, there's a Holocaust survivor character um, yeah. who shows up briefly. Um, oh, I meant like real life counterpart, you know, like, like, a Oh yeah. 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 Like the rooster Senator and stuff like that's, it's kind of a weird, it's a fun transition, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, um, so I, I don't know what the most recent ones are about, but I assume it's sort of similar to that. And that, that makes it, uh, I think, way more interesting than the first one. Like, I like the first one a lot, and that's how like I started like immediately reading the next two. Um, so it was a little mm-hmm. bit, like, I didn't get time to be like, oh, this is super different. Like, I was just like, oh, the plot. And then I was like, wait a moment, like, this is, this is talking about, like, racism, like, <laughs> weird. Um, but, like, super cool, too. Um, and I think the second one especially has this, like, like like this tension i guess this like very like the stakes feel really high and like it feels like there's like a lot of like genuine hatred and like villainy um villainy mm. is that a word villain villainous yeah, behavior. yeah. <laughs> um but like you you're like you're a little you're a little bit scared of it you're a little bit like wow this is like this is real like even though it's silly um mm-hmm. i think no sorry continue uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think altogether those elements and like just the way that everything is done so carefully, like even the writing, like obviously for writing a noir, like a good noir, like there's there's little details and like things you have to write really well. Um, and like characters, quick characters that have to come across and like all of that's there. Uh, so it's just like this like perfect storm of like writing and like art and like idea, I guess. And I'm just like, the one thing is that like, I'm just so interested in this world automatically because it's gorgeous. And like, you know what I mean? Like I'm already in it, but like just like a lot of noirs, the main character, you know, Black Sad, he's like a little grizzled and like reserved. Um, so there's like little hints at his past, and like you know, you get a bigger sense of him as the books go on for sure. But the, there's there's kind of like a like a lack of development there that I'm just like really just interested in and like would love to get more of in general. Um, mm-hmm. I think he really works as a as a protagonist that we're meant to sort of follow through uh like he is our point of view for discovering the lives of other characters and other situations that's true yeah um and i i I think that's sort of uh uh like he does he's not necessarily a wandering hero but he kind of is a wandering hero he's a wandering hero um yeah actually i guess uh all three of these stories take place in in different locations yeah Um, he's taking jobs he's gotta make it to his next meal like well what's the job this week like you know yeah yeah they do break that like i mean just i'm so interested into like where the rest of these are going because in the second one already he has like a little side character that seems at least recurring like um Mm -hmm. that weasel whose name is weekly sort of challenge yeah you know he challenges black sad and he they have a fun dynamic so i'd love to see more of that just in general. And that's kind of the one thing that I would um, even think about complaining about, but it's not really a complaint since the books are already so entertaining. It's just kind of like, like I, as like, I just love it. Like I just want more and I want, I want <laughs> more of him. Yeah. I think these are like very, very compulsively readable comics, um, which I think is part of is, is, you know, part of what makes them special. I think we, Actually, to to circle back around and talk a bit more about the way that they're told, um, I, I I think you know the the a lot of the really special stuff is um, 
just in how energetic the characters and the layouts are. Um, like when someone throws a punch that it like really lands, you feel that, um, like every, all of the characters feel animated in a way. Yeah. It's um, interesting. interesting cause the, the, like the motion between panels usually get sort of a one, two, um, mm-hmm. black set doesn't have a ton of that just cause like it's harder to get the focus in on the motion cause of all the details going on. It feels more like picture, 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 like, does that make sense? Like less like an animation and more like pictures. And yet, like within those pictures, the like the line work and like the the character's motion is so is so animated already that you don't lose anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that something you agree with? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I fully agree with that. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless we're, you have like talking about the art a lot, we're just like really into the art. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of what it is it's kind of a noir just done really well because of the things we talked about and like beyond that like you just kind of kind of read it yourself you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah one more thing to say did you know that they made a ps4 game of it or playstation i'm not sure what <laughs> yeah look up black sad under the skin it's the weirdest like little connection I've. is it like is it like an adventure game? I, Joe, I don't know what kind of game it is. I haven't even watched the trailer. I just know it exists. It's it's such a weird because it feels like such a niche, like oh, a niche European comic, and they're like, like let's make a video game. But it okay. is it, it was is. developed by a Spanish video game company. Um, it's relatively our... new. It's like 2019, I think. Are you looking at this? Yeah. yeah. Look, I don't uh, know anything about it really. I just think that's a super funny little connection. Um, and oh, it, it did not get great reviews. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, I wasn't really expecting yeah. it. It just kind of speaks <laughs> to like how like once you look at this thing, even a little or read it through, like it's just so like mm, interesting. Like like if I was anyone, it's it's, uh, it's captivating. Yeah. You wanna you wanna live in that world? Like if I, yeah, so exactly, well yeah. if I was a video game designer and I read it, I'd be like, oh, I just I want to make a video game. And if I was like a movie guy and I read it, I'd be like, I want to make a movie. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just so it's so interesting to everyone it's so uh encapsulating mm-hmm. for everyone um and i think I, I i don't know i think there's something to be said about i i don't know a lot about it but this came out before zootopia and it's pretty similar conceptually um <laughs> maybe that's all i'll say um i don't yeah like it's just that's something to think about i guess um but it makes sense like if i was a disney guy and i read this you know what i mean what would i do I'd be like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Well, let me make a movie about it. Um, okay, I will. Huh? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that uh, sort of suggestion hanging in the air. Yeah, come on, Joe. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, pieces, pieces were on place. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool. I can't wait to read more of these. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that too. Definitely uh, one of the best, best comics I've ever read, and like really unique and interesting in art style. Yeah, I think in some ways like the the art is kind of what carries it um like you know there there's not a ton that is that is unique about black sad's premise like That's true. you know you've you have read historical dramas about the red scare or about uh the ku klux klan before um you've seen those you've seen a noir uh, you have, yeah you know you've seen a noir um you know the 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 innovation is putting that together with with uh, furry characters. Yeah, um, it's, and, and it's so uh, good. you know beautifully yeah. rendering it. Um, exactly, exactly. So I think you you can point, you know, a lot of the strength to the art. Um, but I also you know, I think the 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 writing is extremely serviceable and um, is for what it is quite nuanced. Um, and I think paints a really good picture of its characters. Yeah, I have a thought that didn't fit earlier, and I just would like to say. Um, yeah, sure. But I think it's interesting that the, the the female characters are all drawn more human and more like sexualized. Um, like the I noticed with the polar bear, like the polar bear looks like a polar bear, whereas his wife or whatever, you know, barring the twist, you know, just looks like a like a human with a black nose and like is you know like ears. And I yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I, I like it um, on purpose. I think it's you know. I think it, I think it has something to say, but I just wanted to say that, and I meant. To oh, say. I don't, I don't. Huh? <laughs> I don't know if that has something to say. Really? Beyond, uh... No, I do. I really do. 
Well, I think you can observe from the art that the the creators probably think that ladies are hot. All right. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I very much recommend reading Black Sad. Um, you know, regardless of if you end up enjoying the story or not, which I think you will, um, it's a very pretty comic. Yeah, it's a little um, expensive, I, but I think it's it's worth it because it's good to just have. Because then you can. I think you can get it on digital for like eleven bucks. Uh, that's what so I. I did. don't know if that's. That's what I did, and I honestly regret it. I regret it. I wish I had yeah. gotten the twenty dollar plus actual book so that I could look at it all the time and hold it. Um, okay. And that's a pretty big thing <laughs> for me. I usually don't endorse paying a lot for things, but in this case, I will. All right. Joe, is it that time of week again? Uh, yeah, Nick. Um, so when we started this podcast, um, we wanted to occasionally do educational things on this segment that we do every week. <laughs> um, <laughs> that never happened. But well, today, wait, I actually... Joe, don't you mean? And and since then, we've done it every week. Uh... And since and since then, we've done it every week. Um, and today, I have another thing that is sort of educational for you. Cool. I'm glad. Um, Okay, so here's a story about Mars, um, the planet. Um, okay, I so think, I think in there's... nine, in... what's up? I think there's only one story of Mars, and it's boring. Mars became a planet, and then it sat there for a while. No, Nick, this is a good one. Okay, I promise. Okay, so in 1976, uh, it was like the 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 200th anniversary of the United States as a as a concept existing. Um, or I guess, you know, the, the 200th anniversary after the Revolutionary War. Um, and uh, we wanted to land some spacecrafts on Mars. It was going to be the, this big uh, publicity event. Uh, you know, the, the White House was working with NASA to pull this off. Um, and the aim was for this to happen on July 4th. Um, and we had two spacecrafts in orbit. Um, those were called Viking 1 and Viking 2. Mm-hmm. Um and so we had we had picked out, uh, or you know, NASA had picked out a, a landing site a few years prior um, uh, through some some dim photos of Mars's surface. Um, that uh, at the time uh, there were no satellites in orbit, um, so we couldn't really uh, see the surface that well. Um, but anyway, uh, we 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 got uh, these spacecrafts into orbit around Mars and uh, picked up the surface of their intended landing location that had been scoped out a few years ago. Um, and it was filled with, filled with a bunch of boulders. Um, so they could not land there. Um, so someone, someone at NASA had to make the, the call to, uh, I guess, president Ford at the time, right. uh, and tell him that they couldn't land, uh, the, the spacecrafts on Mars. Um, and he was very upset, um, because they had like made all this, uh, gosh, big, darn big it. PR news. <laughs> um and he he demanded i demand uh, they they, they landed demand, the vikings on mars on july 4th the vikings on mars on july 4th i demand it <laughs> anyway uh nasa ignored that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh and they 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 waited two more weeks because they didn't want to like kill these these orbiters that they had spent a lot of money on for no reason so ford the scary um, guy huh yeah, I guess. Scary, scary. Um, I've never really seen a picture of him. What? I'll, I'll send you one while you're talking. So okay. You laugh in the middle yeah. of the recording. Anyway, um, so on July 20th, we got the first photograph <laughs> taken on Mars. Yeah. Um, of a bunch taken of on the surface of Mars. Uh, yeah. Um, and so the, the first orbiter to land, uh, Viking 1, uh, it had two arms. Uh, sort of one for for sample collection of the the Martian surface, mm-hmm. um, and another for for cleaning those samples. However, because it was stuck in space for so long, mm-hmm. uh, the the first arm had actually frozen. The space worms got him. Uh, yeah, the space worms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of the one of the guys at NASA uh, back home uh, suggested <laughs> that they whack the arm, you know, like like you would a TV. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you what? Um, that they they whack the arm, like they hit, hit it. it to make it better. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And so so they did that with the cleaning arm. Wait, I'm sorry. They and did it, it. They did it with the with the other arm. That's too funny. And it worked. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, and that's the story of how we got the, the first photos from Mars' surface and also the first sample. Yo, I, I really enjoyed that. That was really good. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I would now look at that picture I sent you and be a little bit scared while I close wow. the show. Gerald Ford was a horrifying man. All right. Uh, you're right and now it's time i don't don't actually know much about like what he did in office but he's like a horrifying looking person that picture i sent you is a little bit like like he he looks fine normally it's just like the smile and the eyes um but it's one of the first ones on google anyways Mm -hmm. time to close out the show with a little quote now i'm gonna say the name first so adolfo casares and he's got a middle name that might be important probably is um so sorry i'm sorry it's b-i-o-y and the quote is in every lover, there's a streak of the fool, of the suicide. And on that note, thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and Nick Protopapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com, uh, where we are still accepting letters and listener questions. My Twitter handle is at uh, Joby underscore draws, and you can read my webcomic Aeronaut at jobydraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing to promote except for wisdom. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, That might help us out. Um, And, uh, you know, stay safe. And uh, we'll see you soon.